0: What up Oasis people? Let's go. We're back another Oasis podcast and we do have a topic for you today. Man, it is uh, it is something. It's one uh, we can't kind of wait to to dive into. But before we get there, we got to talk a little bit about movies. I don't know about you, but I'm a movie guy. I like a good a good flick, you know what I mean, and sit down on the couch, popcorn, throw it on three hours of your life just gone and then some sometimes it's like man i really wish i had those three hours back (laughs) but what is your favorite spiritual movie either good or bad if we're going to talk angels and demons we got to dive into the whole spiritual realm so give me favorite spiritual movie
1: probably the da vinci code (laughs) (laughs) no 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 you mean the (laughs) sequel
0: Oh, angels, angels and, and demons!
1: demons. <laughs> I was gonna say that one for you. No, 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 that's no. Fine. I mean, infer. Is it Inferno, The third one? Uh, I don't remember Inferno, the third something, called something. and something. I haven't watched the them. I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I watched <laughs> the first one. It was actually pretty good. It is. It's really interesting. I, I think it's interesting that people received the books that were written as truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> favorite oh. spiritual? Seriously, favorite spiritual movie? I don't
0: know. You can be serious or not. Mine's probably like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I really love the way they depict God oh in that. Gosh. The way he's able to provide for his people. Really, like isn't it just manna? Isn't the whole thing about the Israelites in the wilderness and God providing for his people from the sky? Sure. I don't know if you I'm just reading into it, but... That.
2: Yeah,
1: that's aggressive. That,
0: that's a beautiful story right there.
2: That's something. Jaina? Oh, geez, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were seriously asking this question. I thought it was a joke. I'm not really probably seriously. How to Save a Life.
1: <laughs> what do you oh, mean oh,
2: classic youth group.
1: So you mean I and flywheel. I don't well, even no. know. I he's. know you don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> Low key though. <laughs> do
0: you know what flywheel? No. Is? Oh dang. Low key ones. Some of the like. I don't even know if these are spiritual movies. uh I'm about to. Is it radical, about Jesus? But what's like the one that's like cartoony and it's got Moses? Or like they're oh
2: the prince of Egypt the
0: prince of Egypt those it's, are like low it's key kind of nice. off of yeah, biblical like events yeah, I know Old testament events. so I mean I think I watched it in church once when I was like really little <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> probably Veggie Tales the Prodigal oh, Son oh, yeah, depicted as Nemo <laughs> oh wow mm. I once no, heard this that's I, not I don't know I know. once heard this pastors talk about how he thinks a lot of plot arcs and like storylines are drawn from biblical ideas because you see this and I don't right. know if I agree no, yeah but y- you could probably make that take like Nemo's lost the dad goes searching right it's not the a hard no I get to
1: it's not a hard take to have because you can all great stories have some aspect of loss of drama of lie of mm-hmm. whatever for sure and then there's a climax of good mm-hmm. and things coming back together okay. which the Bible does so. The Bible did it first, so then everything is, everything's based off That's the Bible. Fair. I'll give you that. <laughs> what about those? There weren't movies when Jesus was resurrected, so okay.
0: Here, here's a more serious question, and then we'll actually move on to stuff. What about the scary movies?
2: I'm a big scary movie fan. Are you trying to trigger me? <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Ben loves Halloween. Listen, and uh, scary movies. The and um, scary movies about Halloween called Halloween.
1: You can go. You guys can go first on this one. I'll wait. I'll, go I'll save what was my the thoughts. question? Do you watch watch, scary
0: movies?
2: Oh, yeah. I love scary movies. Watch them all the time. Watched both It movies this weekend.
0: It movies this weekend? My wife tried to get me to go to those in theaters, and I was like, no. um, I'll (laughs) save the $10 and the
1: horribleness of going to that. (laughs) Okay, Ben. He's He's loaded. He's ready. Listen. Shoot or shoot, man. The writers of The Conjuring and The Reaping and another one are twin brothers mm-hmm. who grew up ba- in Baptist homes who their parents were actually missionaries mm-hmm. and saw like it was I think it was these guys it might be these guys are the ones which is the one with the gal who turns her head around um every demonic I don't know. movie it's ever it's possession one paranormal activity it started with the very first one i don't know whichever one There's but these are of based off real life events that people have that this like director writer had seen and that's what people don't know <laughs> so not all horror movies are based off real life events but like Some you might guys the... remember the demonic ones are
0: you guys remember the so, clown the clown thing that happened like three years ago oh yeah where there was clowns oh, like yes
1: <laughs> <Everywhere>. that <laughs> I've, was I've, way more I've than three out. years ago that was
2: like 2016 was, or something crazy. yeah because
1: I, I, yeah, I was in water yeah i was in 2016 was a weird 20, that sounds, <laughs> that <laughs> sounds <laughs> 2016 or 2020
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> both are terrible just kidding 2016 was better dude the
1: clown that's fair i agreed the clown thing freaked me out really i hate clowns i
2: thought it was hilarious all, then all of a sudden i heard because here's the
1: thing i got a son who's two years old where abby's mm. pregnant with her second kid and you're telling me that there's clowns all over the nation trying to fake scare kids some probably really wanted to kidnap kids yeah and i no, was wait. not a fan of that it creeped me out so like i remember <laughs> i remember going to a deep dive one night oh, i just like where is this happening and saying okay is there anywhere there? i think it got as close to <laughs> nebraska
0: and it's since funny. then, Ben has never gone back to the carnival. <laughs> I think the carnivals are demonic. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. On that note, we got to move on. We got to dive into the stuff. <laughs> so we're going to talk about angels and demons and a little bit of what angels we know on both of these Monders. categories and what the Bible teaches us. Uh, but before we get there, what? why does it matter? Like, why do we need to have or why should we have, like, some kind of idea or theology on angels and demons in the spiritual world?
1: The Bible. <laughs> That's do you it. need more? Yeah, sure. Expand okay. on that idea. Well, we know that angels and demons are mentioned in scripture. We can see in Old Testament and New Testament writings the reality that, like, they're addressed for a reason. They they play a part in our life. Mm-hmm. And so to know that angels and demons play a part in our life and our walk with Jesus, I think it's good to have a hopefully basic understanding of, okay, what are actually angels and demons and how do they interact? What is their purpose? What is their goal? Um, that's one second which we may talk about later i just think this is really interesting i i think people are so there's actually i I, don't say there's a stat that i read where 63 percent of young adults have grown in their belief so like they believe they're real that demons are real or demonic possession is a thing which as followers of Jesus, we also believe that. But 63% of young adults, you couldn't find 63% of young adults in the United States who would have any religious affiliation or even faith would maybe call themselves agnostic or atheist, yet they would tell you demonic possession is real. Mm -hmm. So there's a rise in a belief in demons. I don't think there's a rise in belief in angels necessarily. We don't really talk about it. You don't hear Mm -hmm. it. There's not a lot of movies made about angels. I think one recently came out, but that's irrelevant. Um, And so there's just a belief about it and so we want to address it biblically okay how does jesus talk about this how does god address this and what does it look like in our life
0: yeah that's good oh sweet so let's dive into it we're going to start with angels and we're going to give you a handful of different ideas and topics and categories to to talk about angels and uh what it means, actually, there's a word for this. When we talk about theology, it's the understanding of God. It's the study of God, just like biology, the study of life. There is angelology, which is the study of angels. So there you go. Now you learned something. Don't say you didn't on this podcast. But first things 1st we'll see first. you guys next week. Thanks for yeah. joining us. First things first. Are people who die now angels? So your grandma, grandpa, cousin,
1: brother, distant friend passes away. Are they an angel in heaven? I'm going to say no. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I mean, like what we know based off what scripture points to and tells us of what angels are, they're separate than humans Mm. and humans who've been created. And what we know of what potentially the afterlife looks like from what scripture tells us, nothing biblically or even in church history says that we become angels once we die.
0: So there's no chance I get wings. I'm not saying you're not able to fly. Uh-huh. <laughs> good, good point. I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. I've always had the dream to fly. My wife and I might go skydiving. Anyways, on the side <laughs> tangent, <laughs> continuing. <laughs> so if we're not angels, then what are like? If we don't become the angels if we don't become the people with wings and halos. And I'm j- half choking there, but what are they then? Really, like, what is an angel?
2: Yeah. Angels were created beings by God, similar to how we were created. But I mean, if you look in Scripture, Colossians 1.16 says, "For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him." And so, just as God created us, He also created angels. And uh, you can have a different conversation about when that occurred, whether that was prior to humans or after, and I th- the timeline. I is think what's- it's a Good conversation.
1: Difficult, yeah. I, I just like this stuff to me is interesting because mm-hmm. we don't know. So, why it's fun for me is like there can be a lot of different takes on it. Mm-hmm. And like you can't prove to me that I'm wrong or and I can't prove to you that I'm right or you're wrong either.
2: Yeah. I
1: think I said that right. Maybe not. <laughs> I
2: think so. But we'll like follow. I think it's just, it's just
1: like when were they created? You know, like my assumption would be probably before humans. Like, I, 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 th- so here, here's something I will say I took Old Testament at SCSU and so we had the hebrew bible which is our old testament and we went through genesis and in genesis 126 where god says let us make man in our own image well as jewish people they didn't they're not christians so they don't believe they don't read the new testament they don't believe that jesus was the christ the coming messiah and so they would interpret that that passage as angels around the throne with god Mm. so when he said let him let us make them into our own image they would say that that's god speaking to the angels Interesting. In heaven, yeah. So, like, in that, in Jewish interpretation, it would be before humans, but, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. But isn't it kind of interesting? And also, actually, it's probably before humans because, (laughs) sorry, I'm just coming up with theology in my own head, because who's the snake in the garden? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and who knows? It's interesting. I just like this. I don't know. But
0: it is kind of interesting how, so some, some people read Genesis 1 very, very literally, yeah, you know, in the, the sense of, okay, in these six days, God created these mm-hmm. these things on this mm-hmm. day in this way. And if we're going to believe that it is 100% literal yeah. and it's exactly how it happened and it wasn't simplified for the people of the time who were reading it and it wasn't poetry and it wasn't all these things, then there is no talk of the creation of spiritual beings and angels. Right. But mm-hmm. yet, in Genesis, you start to see some of that pretty much yes, right after the fall. Yeah. Yeah. So, How does those two things line up? So it it is an interesting conversation. Not one that's probably entirely super important to to any kind of Christian living, but interesting enough. Also, are angels, do they function in a way that human does, or do they function more in the way that, like, God does? You know know what I mean here? Is it, like, do they walk the earth? Like, are they, like, even though they're not people, like, how do they exist in relationship between us and God?
1: Yep, give me one second. So the whole idea of angels, angels are literally created beings, so before the fall, to be able to, I think in some aspect, just like we were created to be in somewhat relationship with the Trinity, with the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Um, But also, and then after the fall, what we see in Scripture is that angels are like ministering spirits. They're messaging spirits of God. And so we know that they're spirits, but they also, because again of what Scripture tells us, can take some sort of physical form mm-hmm. they are invisible um we see that this, the spiritual warfare that we have in ephesians is not one um of physically but it's against principalities and the spirits of this world and so we know that there's uh, literally battles happening that we will never see between angels and demons so we know their spirit but there's proof that scripture tells us and testimony depending on who you believe there they've seen angels physically
0: yeah so it's like a half and half I think so. Right? There's the, There's these times where they don't have physical bodies, and they aren't visible to the human eye, mm-hmm. and they're existing in the spiritual realm, and they're being sent from God to minister and to be the messengers. And But there's also could be times where they take physical bodies, and they walk the earth, and they do God's bidding, and different yep. things like that.
1: Question for you guys. All right. I'm going tangent number one. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh-oh. Here we go. So do you think that angels have the ability and free choice to be able to take physical form whenever they want or is it ordained by the father <laughs>
0: well, i just like rolled in my chair because I, I don't know
2: <laughs> i'm just curious I this is why i no love this intellectual stuff. anything to yeah. be able to s- answer that question <laughs> <No. at all.
0: laughs> i would i don't know i would say it's probably the father that's what i'm gonna say you yeah. know they i don't think they just get to pick when they become physical bodied or not but i just i'm like, willing to
1: be surprised right based off of like we know that demons can yeah. And so I'll just be interested, like they don't, because like, God doesn't tell us a demon to take physical form every time a demon potentially, like, or possesses someone. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's the opposite true where the angel knows their job to minister, whatever that looks like, and they just do that in whatever way they choose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no way to answer that question. Just really curious. I mean, the, when you phrase it like that, I think there is a, a, some
0: way, way to answer the question mm-hmm. and the idea that angels probably have an, a, a limited sense of free will. Do they? When we talk about the idea of, we'll get to it later, but fallen angels... When we talk about demons being fallen angels and we right. talk about satan being one of the archangels or the fallen angel like they had the ability to rebel they had the choice and now they live on the other side of that rebellion in their free will giving that full submission to god but so you could i don't know <laughs> I don't, we'll move on yeah but <laughs> Will you tell me an example, or just at least give us a biblical story of when one of those angels that you see becomes like a physical body, where we can actually see
1: evidence of that? Well, do you want to just do the Genesis 18? I think that's well, one of the best yeah, ones. Because honestly, sure. do we know for sure the angel who came to Mary? Right? Who was Gabriel? hmm Right? I Gabriel think so. and Michael, whichever one of those two. I, think, I can't remember. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was Gabriel. But, like, was that... Did he... Did he embody physically or did he show up spiritually and Mm just be made himself visible Mm -hmm. like i don't know we know that the angel came to mary uh but in gen i think you i I feel like you've read up on the genesis 18 more than i have
0: yeah it's just pretty interesting when you see this encounter that abraham has with the lord and angels or lord and three men standing (laughs) yes and there's a couple different accounts when you'll read it there's one And and it's it's an interesting way that the Old Testament authors will write it, is a lot of times they'll start a passage by giving an overview of what happens. So in the first couple of sentences, they're going to tell you what the story is, and then they're going to go and walk that narrative out in the rest of the passage. So they're almost existing side by side, symbolically. And so when... He's saying that the Lord and the angels or the Lord of the men appeared to him. He's giving you that overview, and then he turns around and he walks that out and shows, okay, how this is how it happened to Abraham. And so Abraham is there, and the, these people appear, and it says the Lord, and those same people go into Sodom and Gomorrah, or Gomorrah, Sodom and, what's the, what's the other one?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, I just you I laughed and I don't know why you laughed. I started laughing because
0: <laughs> it instantly my mind went to Marvel and I was like, That's not right. That, yeah. That's her, oh,
1: yeah. that's her name.
0: But it is right. Yeah, so, that's but, funny. Um that's they go funny. in there and they're the people who go and find Lot, who is Abraham's nephew. They're the people who are going to who are trying to be um trying to avoid the attack of those people there, and they're the one that bring the destruction destruction on that that city. So it's really interesting how the biblical narrative describes these men who appear to Abraham and they appear to Sarah and they're in their they're relationally, they eat with them, they sit with them, they talk with them, they have these conversations and there's a physical body, but yet they also are described as these angels and the Lord and they're going and they bring this destruction, this sulfur fire from heaven to destroy these cities. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting story, definitely. But one of those examples that could give us um, angels and physical bodies. So, Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, is there like? Yeah, we'll just move on to this part. How do we know? Like, we we get a couple of accounts where there's named angels. You just said a couple, Gabriel, uh, Michael. You get Satan or Lucifer or any other name you wanna to label him. But beyond that, how do we know just like quantity of angels? How many are there? Like, is it like? Do we have ballparks? Do we know like the Lord's armies? Is it in, like I don't I don't really even understand that whole idea, but I think
1: it's interesting. Yeah. We don't know a specific number because we know there's that not it's not like twelve. You have we know that it's thousands upon thousands, according to Hebrews twelve twenty two. We know that there's an assembly, there's a host of hosts that the Psalms talks about in, in specific translations in scripture, and it's literally that's thousands of thousands mm-hmm. uh, of angels. So and you just, number too vast to even ultimately imagine, which is kinda cool. Mm-hmm. And why do you think there are so many? Like why? Like is there, if we were going to try and put
0: some logic behind that?
1: Uh, ooh, I, Okay. My interpretation is the reality that if, if angels are ministering spirits, are, are, are ministering beings that God created, he is sending them with a the purpose to help us try to be closer and follow Jesus. Whether it's protection, strength, whatever that may look like, it could look like a lot of different things. How many people are on the world? Or in the world, what, like seven billion. Yeah, and I don't so know. I haven't checked I it lately. I think there's a theology that could be interpreted in a way that every single person has a potential guardian angel. And 7. so if that's point so if that's six, true, seven four billion. There's a, potentially a minimum of unless unless people share angels. Like maybe when I'd you, be cool to share. Like maybe if you got married, you share an angel, or like your roommates in college, you shared an angel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm not the Lord. <laughs> um. So, so keep flushing that idea yep. out. Like, so there's let's there's talk guardian yeah, angels. Guardian angels. Uh, and so Psalm 91 says this: He will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So Psalm 19, we know, okay, they're come take charge to guard us in whatever way that looks like. And so we know angels for sure guard certain people one at certain times, but also I think potentially all the time in acts 12 uh the disciples of jesus are praying for peter to get out of jail he's being persecuted they don't know if he's coming out of jail and and in that actually an angel comes and makes guards fall asleep destroys the wall and peter basically escapes prison and goes to this house where these disciples of jesus are so they should staying. make a movie of that they should make a movie of that that'd let's be a good it. movie let's do it i'm not going to because it'd be terrible <laughs> if i did it Uh, And so Peter goes to this house, knocks on the door, and this little girl comes up to the door, answers the door, and sees Peter, and for some reason slams the door on Peter's face, and then goes to the people in the house, and says, Peter's here, he escaped prison. And they all look at her and go, that's insane. There's no way he could have escaped prison. They said, it must be his angel. So like, there's a specific, okay, why could that be interpreted as, okay, Peter's a really important guy in the history of the church. So is there certain people, certain times have an angel? Maybe, but I think there's something really important about this idea that, like, I think we all have angels also, and I'm going to go to it. I think it's Matthew 18. Uh, Jesus is talking about, or the disciples asked Jesus about who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and he goes through a really long answer, and then he talks about children. Um, parable of sheep is in there, and then correcting other believers, and then, and Matthew 18, verse 10, it says, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Yeah. And so I just think there's – there, I think it can be interpreted that they we have potentially guardian angels who are battling for us, maybe encouraging us. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how it looks like. I can't explain it. But there's enough scripture to me to point to. They are ministering beings who have been sent to help us, and potentially we each have one. But –
0: they're not the people who we used to know Correct. who are now living separate in created heaven. beings.
1: Because hmm.
0: you know you hear that a lot where it's like, that's "Oh, right. I gained a heart a gardening an angel in heaven," or um, from
1: what we know, what we can see in scripture, history of the church, yeah, that's not a, that's not real. interesting.
0: Okay, couple last angel things, and then we'll move on to what people are probably <laughs> looking forward to. Ooh, whoops. That's not necessarily what I'm looking for. <laughs> what other people might be. So <clears throat> angels powerful. Are like human level strength, God level strength, like where are they falling in the power meter? Like if they had to go to the carnival, they had to hit the bell and it had, or hit the thing and ring the bell. Like are they crushing it or are they just
1: normal, normal dude status? I mean, scripture tells us, even there's a psalm and I can't remember what it is, tells us that they are um, powerful, have power and strength. Um, out, no, 2 Peter 2.11. Yeah. So they're greater in power than humans and they, literally the verse says they're far greater in power and in strength outside of humans. So... Mighty, I mean Psalms does talk about come you mighty ones, uh, in, in regards to worshiping the Lord, talking literally to angels. And so I would say they're probably pretty powerful. They probably can get the little thing the bell to ring if they go to the carnival. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen it, so I don't from.
0: I don't want to just assume, but <laughs> I would I would also say the same. And then angels are not supposed to be worshipped, right? Yeah. Like even though they're these spiritual beings who have yep. power, who are created, yep. who who exist in heaven and who fight on our behalf, Yeah, like there's no veneration yeah. or worship of that?
1: They, they want to fulfill the purpose of God for them, which is to be literally be ministering spirits to us, but what they love more is to worship God. Hmm. And so anything that would point worship away from God and from Jesus and the Holy Spirit would be something that they would push against the back, which happens in Revelation 19 when John is literally warned by an angel. Um, when John tries to worship him, the angel tells him, you must not do that. I'm He says, I'm a fellow servant with you and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus which is really cool.
0: Okay, then the last thing, and then we're on to the the demon part. <laughs> the angel of the Lord appears fairly consistently in the Old Testament. The language of it, the presence, and what's up with that deal? Same angel, different angel, one of the three we know have a name. Like where what are we doing with all that?
1: He does have a name. Oh. And from what we know theologically in church history, his name is Jesus. Uh, Old Testament, it could be interpreted literally anytime you see angel of the Lord, especially most of the time in our Bibles, it's capitalized. Lord, L-O-R-D there is capitalized. Um, when it's angel of the Lord, something like that, it, it is Yahweh. It is God personified. Uh, and that to us we know is Jesus. So Jesus is on the earth doing and, stuff? I mean, who is Jacob wrestling? It says angel of the Lord. Probably Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who is in the fire with Shadrach, not, yeah, Shadrach, yeah, Shadrach, yeah. Isaac, and Abednego, mm-hmm. probably Jesus, who is mm. probably actually with Daniel in the lion's den, most likely Jesus, or just angels, that one I, I have to go back and look at.
0: I love it. That's, that's kind of dope, where it's like even before the virgin birth, even before all that, Jesus, because yeah. we know through John 1 that the word was with God and the word was God and yeah. in the beginning of all things were made ex- through yeah. him, so that... Jesus existed at creation when God is speaking in those verses we read earlier where it was talking about, let us make mankind in our image. Yeah. He's speaking to the Trinity, the Spirit, and, and Jesus, and they're having this conversation. So Jesus has always been there, but it's interesting to see, okay, well, what did he do for these thousands of years right. before he came to earth? And he was this and angel <laughs> of the Lord doing all the
1: cool stuff. <laughs> the leader of the hosts of hosts. The th- hosts of many
0: angel armies. Do You think you could take Jesus in a WWE SmackDown? Not <sighs> not in a WWE. Match? Uh, yeah,
1: thigh wrestling for sure. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this? Does oh, my, he have my, Does my. he have the tattoo that says King of Kings and Lord Lords? If he has a tattoo, then no. Pre tattoo, earthly Jesus. I think I could take him in a thigh wrestling. Oh Ben's, Ben's the better. The better Jacob. <laughs> I'd say it's a better Jacob. <laughs> I just don't think I don't think Jacob did a good job of declaring the rules before they fought. Oh, I would have made sure you can't use hands. No, no hip pops. Nothing. Yeah, you no. can't use your powers. <laughs> okay, let's that finish. That sounds terrible. Let's finish this. <laughs> so when we go to demons, I, I want to. Yeah, let me ask this first. We're okay. going right to demons. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to ask this question so you two can talk because I'm talking too much because I, I really am I, I like this stuff probably a little bit too much but <clears throat> like i talked about before demons just have an insane fascination like it's growing in fascination i think some of it is due to some movie stuff but also just what people are willing to kind of enter into so in your guys's either experience what you've conversations you've had whatever like why do you think there's more fascination fascination here with demons than with angels
0: yeah i, I guess i have a a take i don't know if it's necessarily based on anything besides what my own experience and opinion is but I think fear sells fear is attractive so you don't pay to go to like a a hugging house where it's all (laughs) smiles and and happiness like you pay to go to a haunted house and you walk through and the fear and the adrenaline and the feelings that are associated with that people like that when you go to an amusement park you don't sit on a little kitty ride and go in circles on a comfy little pillow like you drop. 70 feet out of the air and feel your gut wrench. Like you go in loop-de-loops and you do all these crazy things and there's like there's a sense of fear and excitement and mystery aso- associated with, I think, our culture hmm. that sells and that people are attracted to. And I feel like the demons and the, the evil side of spiritual forces attracts people in that same way. It's mysterious and sometimes people like that mystery, but it's also... I mean there's a there's a draw to it because of our association and and liking of fear. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Whereas like people don't care about people don't care to study and talk about angels as much because if there's angels protecting you, it's just like, okay, cool. Like Mm. that's not that exciting. That's not that that's not sexy, you know, like Mm the comfy and cozy is not sexy but the other side of that where it's like demonic possession the idea of demonic oppression spiritual attack like all of these things it's like oh that's interesting there's there's things in there that draw me which i think is a bad thing but
1: that's to each his own right. opinion but do you have other ideas no that makes sense for sure I'll, also i'm i'm opening a, up a hugging house uh, in the next that month sounds I honestly
2: sounds so weird it's so weird
0: the people who would go through the hugging house it's like
2: you probably don't want them to go through that. no
0: the people who volunteer to work
2: <laughs> no i'll
0: take i'll take a full-time job job at the hugging, the hugging house, house. <laughs> yeah that's fair dude i don't know why they it's like it's it came into my mind just you walk through each room you had a different different person different size different
1: <laughs> build you know see who's giving the best hugs I've been told many times I've gave great hugs, so that's the only reason I want to do it. I'm not really a hugger. That'd okay. be kinda, I That would that would be scary. For I me. I, I, do, I know I I like knowing when people are aren't, aren't huggers, because then I like I like to f- not to aggressively. Force. You about not force, I'm, to say it? I'm, I'm still going to say it, but not aggressively. Like when like I know Brennan's not a hugger, so I like hugging Brennan, and just the <laughs> awkwardness that I can feel emotionally and physically is great.
2: Oh, it's not that bad. I can tell. You can tell what someone doesn't like to be hugged, though. You can feel it. A hundred percent feel it. And it's more to just physically <laughs> you guys feel. getting
1: my hugs anyway. <laughs> I will force myself on you.
2: Well, Uh-oh. that's nope. Next. <laughs> Hashtag cancel. Uh,
1: I'll see you guys in a month.
0: I'm going <laughs> to. Okay, so we, we've touched on this just a tiny little bit, but let's give it some biblical backing. Let's flush it out a little more. Demons are fallen angels, correct? Yes. Where do we get that and why? The Bible.
2: Sorry, I'm on fire. (laughs) If you do that one more time, at least the answer is the same between the two. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: true. I don't know what you want from me. Get into it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean Revelation and Daniel are big texts pointed to. um, Jude one six says, "And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day." Uh, Revelation twelve speaks of it. Talk, talking about lucifer his tail swept down a third of the star or yeah a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth that idea of stars is literally angels mm-hmm. so a third of the of the heavenly host mm-hmm. were cast down cho choosing to go against the father and then it says in revelation 12 now war rose in heaven michael and his angels fighting against the dragon this is again like in the future potentially going yes. to happen that john spoke to um that the, the God spoke to John, that John wrote down in, in the book of Revelation. The uh, dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. There was no longer any place for them in heaven. So there's this reality that the angels have enough free will and choice to be able to revolt against God, against the Father. So we know that angels or demons are fallen angels.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just like, that's where we get the free will idea. That's yeah, where we get I, the idea. so. That they it's can... big.
1: But Sorry. the
0: ability to revolt, what does it come from? Like, where does this battle start? Like, why did they revolt in the first place? If they were in heaven, if they were in perfection, if they were in what we believe heaven to be, like, what's the need to revolt? Why, why is this war erupt? And what do we... Do we have to fear that in the future?
1: Uh, fear, I would say no, for sure. Why? I mean, I, I think... Why does, man, anyone outside of God's kingdom, even like, I think the same reason that a human would choose to do the things that they do outside of God's kingdom is the same reason that, pro- that an angel, that's for sure Lucifer chose to do what he did. It's this idea of wanting to be number one, of, of pride, of wanting to be worshiped, of wanting to be seen in a high place with high esteem, this ego-centered idea of being in control. Uh, and I think that, in that is the same reason like what we wrestle with which is the kingdom that we're in now are the two kingdoms battling the kingdom of god and the kingdom of the world the kingdom of satan the kingdom of the enemy and it's in those worlds we choose okay do I want to live for myself or do I want to live for jesus mm-hmm. and so it's this idea of like they those who have fallen demons now angels who have fallen chose like i want to live for myself mm-hmm. i don't want to do ultimately what god wants to do so there was a choice made desiring to want to I think, yeah, be in control and be worshipped. And
0: why do you... Are you pretty confident that does not going to happen again? Which part? The whole angels revolt, trying to... Like that we start the whole cycle again?
1: Based off of... Again, if we believe revelation is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if we believe really what the Bible says, God proved... Or God, what God did to those who were revolting and going against, I think brought in a reality of his power over them and so what was going to have like and this is you can get into a conversation of well who created hell right it's satan didn't create hell god created hell for angels who literally went against god who decided to choose to go against in their own choice to, to be against the father mm-hmm. and then in that now hell is reserved for people who go against god in general yeah and
0: i've heard this as a more simplified version of like the kid that touches the stove I mean, if you tell a kid not to touch the stove, they touch it, they're going to get burnt. You know what I mean? And they see the consequences of that. So now the angels in heaven live in, in yeah. they use their free will in the idea of direct, they're always submitting to the will of God because they saw what happened right. in Lucifer and his example. And not only they saw, but they continuously see, they they can see from heaven as they're fighting this war, the, the constant punishment in the future that Satan and his minions have, and they see who's victorious yeah. so it's like yeah they could touch the stove they could go against God but when you see the consequences living out daily when you've seen it right. in the past right. like why would you ever go and touch the stove again
1: ask my daughter because she's touched it multiple times <laughs> and she's not learned yet
0: hopefully one day <laughs> you just really gotta burn her bad that's right? aggressive
1: oh. that is uh, the most aggressive thing you've ever said <laughs> okay
0: speaking of Satan and Lucifer the devil yeah the adversary, the dragon. What is his role in demons and demonology and spiritual attack and all these different people? Yeah, so what
1: yeah, what we know just based off of even how scripture defines Satan and calls him I mean, calls him the deceiver, but also says he's the prince of the air, which is the prince of the world, which tells us then that he's actually the leader of this army that is this kingdom of the world that is going against again a battle. You can't have an army without two. Sides, mm-hmm. and so with two sides, there needs to be a leader. Saint Lucifer is this leader,
0: but limited in his power, limited in what he's able to do, or as if we set him up as the opposite, the, an- the ant antithesis I don't know exactly what antagonist? word antagonist, antagonist, sure. We'll yeah. go with that. Yeah, yeah. If he's the opposite of God in this right. fight. Mm-hmm.
1: Where's the power balance? Like, how does that work out? Because God still created Satan and Lucifer. Literally, Satan has as much power as God is allowing them to have, which sounds so weird. Like, Mm. my my mind struggles to, like, fully comprehend and wrap around that. Like, Satan only has as much power as God's allowed him to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because Satan is a created being, which... Means and and Pastor Steve has talked about this multiple times in the last year. I think two or three times he's mentioned this idea. And I don't know why he talked about Satan so much in life. <laughs> Probably because it's in the Bible. Um, that Satan ha- and all demons have limitations. Uh, they're even with angels, like because they're created beings, they're not omnipresent. Means they're not. They can't be everywhere at once. Um, they don't know everything. They're not all powerful. That's just because they're created beings. So mm-hmm. like. That is reserved for the Creator, Mm -hmm. who is the Trinity of the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, and then if we're going to continue talking about just the fall and, and those different pieces, when you tie back in the idea that what happens in Revelation 19, we talked about earlier, where John tries to worship the angel, and the angel says, you must not do that, I'm a fellow servant with you, and he says, worship God and God alone is essentially what he's saying. You see that in juxtaposition next to what would have been satan yeah, trying to find that same good. thing so satan was desiring to be worshipped he wanted to be god and then you see this other angel show up and be faithful to what he's supposed to do like you see the example of what not to do and the example of what to do in that because even today these demons and satan and he wants to be worshipped like in in matthew 4 you see in jesus's temptation when he's in the wilderness that yeah Satan is promising him power. Mm-hmm. He's saying, if you just worship me, if you worship me, if you bow down to me, I will give you this power. And some of the, the hard part of that is the promise isn't necessarily a lie. Yeah. Like Satan probably could have given Jesus power on earth and given Jesus power in some senses. Yeah. It wasn't what it was. the plan was supposed to be. It wasn't what Jesus was going to get, right. but he could have taken a less than. I mean, and isn't that just sin? We just talked about that, right. where sin is just promising something that it can't actually fulfill, but... Yeah, and then his desire to be worshipped is what fuels him to do what he does. Yeah. When we live in sin, we're rejecting God and choosing Satan. We're worshipping Satan with our actions and our lives. Even if we don't want to do that, you know, when you choose to do that thing, that's not probably your intention is to give worship and adoration to Satan, but by choosing this world, becoming a friend of this world, loving this world, in some senses you are doing that very thing you're called not to do. Yeah, by default. By default. There's only two options. Right. Okay, give us some hope in the end. There's, or actually, we're done.
1: Virgin none. Just kidding. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Give us. No, I think. A but hope. I think. I think. We, I I'd want to talk about the reality of, and maybe, let's let's wait for hope till the very end. Let's do possession and oppression. Yeah. Is that Good okay? Call. Good. Call. So like, yeah. this this idea that again, even like Luke 11 talks about it. This idea that demons knowingly and desire to oppose the kingdom of god uh they second timothy two twenty six says, and they may come to their senses and escape so this is the christian's believers escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will so like they want to manipulate humans to be able to ensnare them in sin to ensnare them to evil ultimately even to lead them to death <clears throat> we know that they have uh in luke 8 26 and and different scriptures there's possession where where demons literally have the ability to possess people to which is to physically manifest themselves in a in a physical body of a human um and then we know in hebrews 2 14 15 it says uh there, there's children who share in flesh and blood and he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. Um, so Jesus through death destroyed the power of the one who or destroyed the one, the devil, who has the power of death, that is the devil. And then it says, and deliver. So Jesus delivers all of us who through fear of death were subject to the devil. So like literally the devil will use, and this is something with why I think demon fascination is a thing. I think an attack of the enemy is to use fear of death to actually ensnare us and keep us from focusing on Jesus and the mm. kingdom of God. Like he literally Hebrews two fourteen fifteen 15 says this. he uses the fear of death to subject them to lifelong ensnarement and entrapment in sin and whatever to ultimately maximize his advantage. So like as followers of Jesus, because of there's two literally armies to yeah two armies mm-hmm. battling is we are caught in the battle. And so Ephesians six talks about how there's like a hierarchy that uh, this idea of what we're battling is literally principalities, authorities, like Satan is smart. He's, he, it's organized, he's super organized. And so he's used his army to try to do what he can to, um, oppress Christians, followers of Jesus and to point people and yeah, ensnare them ultimately in sin and in death. And so, Possession, I'm just going to say, like from my experience, what I know, it is real. Um, it's really rare. Mm. It's it's rarer than people think. Oppression, I think, happens to everyone. I think the enemy is going to use his demons to try to oppress, to try to, again, it's that idea of, of steal, kill, destroy, to, to lose focus, to distract people, um, ultimately, from focusing on Jesus. Uh, and so, oppression is when an en- the enemy... And you probably the devil is not specifically attacking you. It's most likely one of his servants, which Mm -hmm. would be a demon who is the devil's not omnipresent. Correct. Who's probably, I mean, that's where like you're sitting alone in your room and a sin that you maybe you struggle with or maybe haven't struggled with a long time all of a sudden pops into your head. Like that's a way and opportunity that the enemy is going to use to oppress you. It's spiritual warfare is what's talked about. Mm. As Christians, we experience this because again, we're caught in the battle, we're not free from the battle. Um, Christians full of the spirit will never and never have to fear being possessed Mm. that's just a reality Mm -hmm. like you following jesus you've given your life to jesus you surrendered him you know his life death and resurrection yes has paid for your salvation but also has given you opportunity now to experience life and in that moment when you give your life to jesus you're filled with the power of the holy spirit well because the holy spirit's god he's more powerful than any demon so therefore you have no fear being possessed but know that the enemy is going to want to attack and so Mm -hmm. there will be oppression there will be spiritual warfare just be aware And why I think it's another aspect of this, of why it's important to know that this is possible, that we are caught in a battle and a war, is scripture tells us that we actually need to flee from the devil. Mm -hmm. So yes, take encouragement that you potentially have a guardian angel who is fighting battles for you, but no, like scripture still says, hey, you still have to flee from the devil. Mm -hmm. There's still things you need to do to be be aware that we are in a battle. And ultimately, we can be encouraged because if you want to go, if you guys want to go to the last one, the reality is... We have hope.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus wins, yeah. right? Jesus wins. God wins. That's, that's the end of the story. And that's the beauty of, I mean, I think well, the period of time we live in right now, You and any other periods of time, they didn't have the cross. They didn't have the resurrection. They didn't always know. They didn't have the full canon of the, the Bible. They didn't have the spirit poured out to all people. So they didn't know all of these things. But the time we live in right now between the cross and the final coming of Jesus is a period where we now get to look back to the cross and look at what Jesus has done, but we also look forward to the, His coming and His His final victory and the Great Day and all of these pieces where God will bring in His and usher in His final kingdom and bring all things right again. Mm-hmm. And in that, Jesus wins. Um, it's consistently pointed to the New Testament where Jesus is winning in that time and how He's overcoming those demon possessions. He's overcoming the spiritual war, and then how He's continuing to do that now, and He will bring a final conclusion yeah. to
1: it, which is just like baller. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just know, and, and we've talked about this a lot, like in moments where you feel oppression, where you feel attack from the enemy, like do what Jesus did, know your word. Mm -hmm. Like he responded with truth. Um, And then a guy by the name of John Bloom says this, and I think it's just really great. He says, one of our best protections against demons is less preoccupation with demons and more preoccupation with God. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. Like how do we not fall into a potential trap of being so focused or fascinated with the demonic and turn that into not like, I want to be fascinated with Jesus. It doesn't mean don't know anything, Mm -hmm. but focus more on Jesus.
0: That's good. That's a good place to end. We're a bit, we're a bit long, but that's okay. It was a, it's a tough conversation, but it's good in the sense that we hope that you're educated at some, um, idea of this and that you have a little bit more of a biblical backing behind some of the things you believe. And so if you ever have questions and you got more concerns, you want clarity on something, feel free to hit us up. Uh, You can find all our emails or you can just message us on any of the social media platforms. Um, So otherwise, thank you for tuning in. We love you. We can't wait to see you again. So peace out and we will catch you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.